Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode with real-life takeaways and advice. No BS or fluff. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, hey. Oh my goodness, you guys. Welcome to episode three of the Rebel Babe Cave. I have just been so thrilled with the feedback we've gotten so far. Thank you all for listening. You were amazing. And those of you that remember to rate and leave a review, I love you. (laughs) If you have any feedback you want to share with me personally, or if you know someone you think would make a great guest, please, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. My handle is at Rose, X-T-A-L-R-O-S-E, or you can email me at hi at crystalrose.com. My name is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. I love, love, love hearing from you guys. So this week, whew, I am going to get a little bit heavy for a few minutes. You guys, I talk a lot about mental health in general, and so I just think it's important to share here as well. I definitely have a rough sort of cocktail of depression, anxiety, insomnia, night terrors, PTSD, and I struggle really hard at times. I am very proactive with my self-care. Like sometimes I actually feel like a real warrior of mental health in general because I just know how important it is to stay on top of it. So anyways, I was traveling a couple weeks ago. And I was several days into my trip and out of my regular routine. I had a few drinks one of the nights. And when I woke up the next morning, I was just completely gripped with anxiety, like gripped. My heart was racing and I just felt awful. Like I was worried, scared, guilty, just like the super shitty feeling that stayed with me as I laid there in bed for four hours. Throughout the day, I pushed myself to function, but mentally I just felt awful. I even woke up the next day after that and felt similar, not as bad, but it was a feeling that took more than 24 hours to get rid of. If I had been at home, I probably just would have canceled whatever was on my calendar and just stayed in bed watching Netflix to take my mind off of it. But I couldn't do that. I had to just like press on and hopefully not draw too much attention to myself. So I wouldn't burst into tears. So here's the thing. I don't share the stuff for sympathy or like hang in there's, or you can do it. I share because I think it's a really serious thing that a lot of us struggle with. As a business owner, it can be very layered and that adds a lot to it. Some things just feel like the end of the world. I share this to say, if you ever go through or even anything like this or or something mental health related, like you're not alone. You're not. And you can still go through this stuff and come out the other side. You can still be successful. You can still be loved. You are okay, and sometimes it's okay to not be okay. I also just founded a nonprofit in the mental health space where if you want to learn more about it, you can go to our Instagram at mental message. It's at mental underscore message and follow us. I'll be posting some updates soon and the link in the bio will take you to our Facebook page and you can see my face on a video getting super emotional (laughs) while I explain the what and the why behind it. We don't have a website currently because 
We're just wanting to build an app first and it makes so much more sense to put the resources there rather than wasting time and money on a website. We're just going to eventually redo. So our guest today is amazing. When I first reached out to Courtney, it was earlier this year, and I just sort of wanted to find a way that we could collab on something or even just be friends. (laughs) We have similar sort of brands in the respect that we're doing more than just selling clothes. So when I reached out, she invited me to her event, Girl Live in Vegas, and I was just like, yep, in. I met her beforehand for coffee, and we just kind of hit it off. I adore Courtney because she is the same online as she is in person, and I appreciate her so much for just being who she says she is. And I think in the social media landscape, that can be pretty rare. Seeing a greater need out in the world to empower women, Courtney created an international clothing line. Girl Clothing was the first clothing line to refrain from traditional sizing, rather using the measurements of female athletes to guide women to the right fit. Under Courtney's inspirational leadership, Girl continues to grow and spread the message of radical self-love and gender equality in the face of society's box, one girl at a time. Courtney Olson, welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. Hey, hey girl, hey. Girl, hey. (laughs) Super stoked. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. You're awesome. So the first thing that we like to do here is... Something that we do in the Rebel Babe Cave group, and it's called Goals, Gratitude, and Badassery. So every week, all the girls kind of go through their own goals for the week, what they're grateful for, and badassery is something that they've done that they're proud of. So give me one of each. Your current goal, what Ooh. you're grateful for, and what you're okay. proud of. I like being put on the spot. That's because I'm a massive procrastinator. You know, I'll sit on something and I'll just procrastinate. So that's good. On the spot and being recorded. That's great. (laughs) Uh, Goal, goal, goal is writing my book. So I'm finally put some steps into place. You know, I started in 2012, really, and wrote a book, then started writing another book. And now I'm finally like, all right, we need to bring it all together and make it happen. And so I've got myself into a book writing summit in October. So I've got all these books out to look at because I'm not an avid reader. I hate reading, actually. Mm -hmm. I read something and then I'm like, oh yeah, I have to go back and read it five times, you know? Or I fall asleep with the book on my face. So writing a book, (laughs) gratitude. I'm incredibly grateful for all of the people who have supported the girl journey, you know, and have stuck around and stayed focused on the big picture and are committed to changing the world along with us and badassery. Hmm. <laughs> Damn girl, you know, <laughs> living that humble life. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. I've been in a bit of a super funk really over the past three months. So I haven't done a lot of epic shit. I mean, the most epic thing I did was able to catch on film me interrupting some cat calling last week. Mm -hmm. And that was very rewarding for me uh, to be able to catch it on film, diffuse the situation and explain to homeboy that this shit doesn't really work anymore. And it's like 1990s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So that was good. That was good. That is, that's that's what's up. All right, cool. Tick, done. Accomplished. For real, like how many chicks wish they could like stop and be like, let's explain how problematic this is. Right. Right. And he had like blacked out windows, no license plate. I was just, nope, nah, bring it on. I just left CrossFit too. So I was on a good one. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like, come at me. What? So, like, what was the result of that? Did he, like, hear you out? or? Yeah, he absolutely did. I said, look, you know, a lot of women would find this intimidating and think that, you know, this motherfucker is going to throw me in the back of the car. And I said, there's just no need for it. And I said, next time, give a woman a thumbs up or something. You know, don't care. Oh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> come on, bro. And I said, I was like, you ever seen the woman that smashed watermelons between her legs? And I didn't quite catch what he said because I was pretty hyped up. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I'm strong and I'm powerful and I would fuck you up. <laughs> it was great. It was great. I love that that's like your classic, like, pickup. Like, whenever some dude <laughs> talks to you, you're like, hi. I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally exactly smash you right. up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Totally. That's amazing though. I thank you. Oh, so many times you just want to like really, really <laughs> work ever. It doesn't, but you keep trying. You'll get there. <sighs> so I want to talk about your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. I love this topic. I do because I think that I mean there's so much going on about breast implant illness and you hear like is it real is it not is it a myth is it you know there's a lot of back and forth I think there's a lot of women who are realizing you know doing more research there's women who have been sick and then they've had them taken out and they feel better I mean me personally I have fake boobs I've had them redone twice just because they gave me like the largest implant possible and I was like I just want just want perk. Like I don't, I'm not, I'm not looking, to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking to move mountains, not but, looking, you know, yeah. and up until like last year, I was like the girl with the big boobs. <laughs> that was not who I wanted to be, you know? So I have like so many feelings about implants and then here we are in, you know, 2019 and everyone's getting them removed. And, you know, you look down and you're like, damn it. <laughs> damn it. So like, tell me about like what kind of prompted you to get explant surgery and then I want you to talk a little bit about like mentally like what you kind of like went through because I think that is like harder than the physical yeah absolutely you know there's a lot of women that have way more severe symptoms than I had and at the end of the day Graves disease is hardcore but if in fact the breast implants cause that I'll never know you know Mm -hmm. but and once I made the correlation in my mind and thought, well, it's a maybe, I was like, they got to go. So I got them in at uh, the end of 2014, it was. And I always, always, always was super against fake boobs. You know, when I was bodybuilding and out in like the muscle fetish scene, my name was all natural KO. Like, you know, no fake boobs, no steroids. This is what's up. And that was kind of like my war cry or whatever. And for whatever reason, I don't know what put the thought in my head. I started thinking about it in like 2012, 2013. And I spent a year really kind of thinking about it. And for whatever reason, I thought, yeah, I was going to get back into competing. And I wanted to go, you know, because previously I'd competed in bodybuilding. And I thought, right, I'm going to give women's physique a go and really give it my all and you know, I'm going to come get Dana Lynn Bailey, whatever. <laughs> and cause it was so, you know, silly when I started exiting out of that world, like she was kind of coming up and it was like, Oh, you guys look alike and da da da. And so I was like, right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to show her what legs look like. Here I come. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, some feedback that I had previously from some judges is that I needed to balance out my top half with my bottom half. 
And a way to do that was to obviously consider breast implants, which is just stupid, but you got to keep in mind, you know, the evolution I've had from starting girl at the end of 2015 has been massive. And that really happened in that those last four years. So prior to that, you know, I was moving towards that direction, but I wasn't solidified in it. And I didn't quite know fully what my purpose was. So I was still on the fence about a lot of things and still looking really for external validation and all the rest of it. So anyway, I ended up getting them put in and like two months, three months after the surgery, one of them started filling up with fluid underneath it, like a big pocket of fluid. And, you know, I had to get it drained three times or so. And by the time I got to 2017, this was March, I was really starting to show signs of hypothyroidism. And of course, at the time, I didn't know what it was. I thought I had taken too many stimulants in my life. You know, as you probably, I'm sure you're aware, you were at Girl Live, you know, mm-hmm. methamphetamines are a big part of my past. And I thought, okay, <laughs> you know, all that's caught up to me. And I still take pre-workout and all the rest of it. And so I thought, right, I just got to stop taking stimulants full stop. And I stopped and nothing changed. And I mean, I was like a crack head full on, like could not hold something still. My heart felt like it was going to explode after walking up four stairs. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hold five pound dumbbells. Like my shoulders were on fire. I was losing weight rapidly. You know, all these signs that you're just didn't put it all together. So anyway, uh, finally got tested and checked out. And sure enough, I, I was hypothyroidism and later found out as Graves disease. So whether or not it's directly related, you know, there's a lot of speculation out there, but when you think of an autoimmune disorder, it's like, that's your body reacting. You know what I mean? Like you have something foreign in your body. There's a pretty good chance that you've, you fucked it up. (laughs) We blink without thinking about it. Our heartbeats take a dump. Do you know what I mean? Like our body every single second of the day is doing some miraculous shit. And then we come along and we're like, it's bad enough. And we like put Botox, botulism in our forehead and shit to, you know, numb muscles and everything. It's like, that's our third eye up there. You know what I mean? Like we really shouldn't be numbing that shit. But anyway, you know, so you think about the consequences of putting silicone in your body and you kind of start to wonder, well, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the other part of it too was realizing that it just, it didn't feel like me. And even though they looked natural and they weren't huge or anything, I could feel the bottom of them and they were kind of, you know, you could feel where the edge of the implant was. And, you know, I lost a lot of nipple sensation and it just, it just wasn't in congruency with what I was speaking about really. And just didn't feel right. You know, there's plenty of women. And like you said, you have fake boobs. I don't judge anybody. I'm just like, hey, you know, there's plenty of women that have had them, love them. It has absolutely changed their fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, self-esteem is through the roof, on and on. So to each their own. Right. Uh, But that being said, I'm glad that a lot of women are more aware now that if, in fact, we start to have weird symptoms, and it can even be super mild. There's a lot of women who experience Oh, anxiety and depression and other things that they link to it. And, you know, if that's the cause, I don't know. I personally think that we're going to start to see a lot more of that due to the 5G networks. They're starting to roll out oh, yeah. through the cities and yeah. cutting down trees and shit. And it's like, <laughs> you know, we already 
not <laughs> in nature enough as it is, let alone, okay, let's like put 5G signals throughout everywhere. That has got to be disruptive to everything that makes us human. You know, it's like we're not meant to be machines. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that definitely is going to start to pose more of a problem. But yeah, that was kind of the journey. And I, I'm super grateful that, you know, I'm in a position to not give a fuck anymore. Because I'll tell you what, like up until the first year integral, I was still, I don't want to say fake it till you make it, but I was still just loathing over my body. Yeah. There'll still be times even today, I might catch myself in the mirror and I'm like, baggy kneecap, old <laughs> baggy bitch. You know, and I'm like, oh, good Lord. And I've gotten to a point now where I can interrupt that train of thought. Yeah. And, you know, just and become acutely aware that it's just programming and work on appreciating what I do have and accepting that I will never be refined and smooth and not have spots of cellulite. Like who is? You know, yeah, like, like it just and it's gotten so much easier because previously it was, I would sit and think about it all day long, all day, never present, never mm-hmm. present. Like I don't have a lot of memories because I've always been so busy in my head, obsessing on my body. You know, that was post getting clean and sober. Cause prior to that, I would be obsessing on finding my next drink or finding my next drug. So essentially it was more or less just replacing that addiction with something else to obsess on and try and control but you know, it, there did come a time and it's magical and I don't really know how to articulate it. Cause I know there's so many of us who are still stuck in that paradigm where, you know, fuck you look in the mirror and it'll ruin your whole day. Yeah. If you look, you know, if you look in the light the wrong way, you forget about it the whole day, <laughs> whole day gone. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Everything's fucked, you know? But as I tell a lot of other women, I'm like, look, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly age does help. But that is why we're all out here getting strong as fuck and focusing on what our bodies can do and not what they look like, you know. And and part of that is not having to feel like we need to look a certain way to be successful and make it. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So it's all just a part of the the, the evolution, (laughs) I guess, of female bodies. But Oh, my God. I mean, there's one thing that I've noticed that I do recently, and I think... I think a lot of us do it without realizing it. And it's that like, when I'm struggling mentally or emotionally, I take it out of my body and not necessarily like, I don't do like the binge eating or the emotional eating. I used to just like not eat when I was stressed out or like sad. But I noticed even just like a few weeks ago, I was having a hard time mentally. And then I look in the mirror and be like, Ew. and I'm like, you know, like, Ew. and out. <laughs> like cognitively like logically nothing has changed I didn't wake up and have gained like 23 pounds like nothing you know my body is the same as it has been it's still you know it's fine everything's fine but for whatever reason it's being translated into how I look and I just think that that is so fucked up that we you know like that that's what we go to instead of just being like I'm going through some shit right now and I'm like you know, mentally, I'm just sad or I'm stressed out. And we just go to being like, you and you're ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. Totally. Like you said, it's programming. I think it's, you know, deeply, deeply programmed between our parents and the media and just now social media and everything that we see. It's like, 
it's all programming, all of it, all of it. That's why advertising and marketing is a subject, a collegiate subject with a master's degree in universities is because it is so powerful. It is the money-making industry of the world and understanding how that impacts the subconscious mind is crazy, you know? So, and you're right. It's, it's been there since birth and that's, you know, kids these days though, I'm like, haven't you seen the fucking matrix? What? I'm like, Oh, forget about it. Get out of my face right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, because it's just so easy to equate our world to that movie. You know, it's like, yeah, that's what it is. We are just programmed to be in a machine yeah, to reproduce and work hard and accumulate debt and then stress about it mm. and then not ever be good enough. It's like, damn, what kind of existence is that? You know, and I guess something that's kind of helped me grow through that is living in other countries and visiting other countries. Because really the only country I lived in is Thailand that I really can see firsthand how people are living extremely basic lives and yet are happy. Right. You know, and they're, they're not in that same Western mentality of, oh, fucking poor me. You know, I saw that in Tanzania. Uh-huh. They were so happy and so positive And like they had nothing, not even close to, you know, even our poorest in this country have. And so that was a real eye opener. Yeah, totally. Gosh. You're right, though. More people should really like, you know, if you can travel, I mean, get outside of yourself and see people in other cultures and how they live because it's just so different. And like that perspective, for me personally, I when I went out there, I was in this like scarcity mindset. I was afraid about doing anything in business. Like I was going to, you know, I'm going to fail. And then after going out there and just seeing what limited opportunities these women have, but they were making the most out of every opportunity, I was like, wow. I should just come back and slap them all in the face if I'm going to feel that way because they have not even close to the amount of opportunities that I have and Mm -hmm. they're happy and working towards their goals happily not like, I'm I'm not good enough and oh, Uh poor me. Yeah, this didn't go my way. Yeah, Yeah. totally. What if I fail? They're just like, well, this could end up better than where I'm at now. So let's do this. Yep, 100%. 100%. So what about your while you were recovering? Because it seemed like from what I saw on social media that you're having a tough time during the recovery process. So tell me a little bit about that. In retrospect, the recovery process wasn't the physical side of it wasn't that bad, especially being an addict in recovery who, you know, I just celebrated nine years of being clean. My last Pill was nine years ago, June 14th. Congratulations and on thank that. Thank you. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a big deal. And I, I discount that every day, you know, and that's the insanity of being an addict is you forget how bad it got, you know. But mm. um, taking pain pills was interesting, to say the least. And towards the end of it, I was starting to notice that I was starting to have thoughts of, yeah. wow, I'm almost out. How can I get more? You know, and I, of course, know what to do now. And I work a very rigid program and would tell my partner or my sponsor or somebody else, because, you know, when we keep shit to ourselves and in our own head, that's when it festers and that's when we make stupid decisions and so forth. But anyway, the physical pain of it wasn't that bad. The thing that I thought was going to drive me 
to insanity was not being able to work out. However, I ended up not training for like four months. I think I did, you know, after a couple months, I might've done a few hit workouts or something, but it actually surprised the shit out of me because I was, you know, expecting a different outcome. Because when I had them put in, I mean, like after three days, I'm like, fuck this. I was out, you know, walking up 80 degree yeah, inclined hills and doing air squats and all the rest of it. Uh, <laughs> you had a goal though. You had the, yeah, for a goal. You had a goal. I could not not work out or do something, you know, cause that, then that's just a reflection of where I was mentally, yeah. you know, in, in terms of the sickness in my head around body image, but the post side of this operation, the thing that potentially might've reflected in the difficult situations I was finding myself in was relocating. So we just moved internationally for the fourth time, really. Yeah. And, you know, being back home in the U.S. and after the surgery, you know, Lowe's living in the Hard Rock Hotel for a minute. And <laughs> I know I visited and, you like, what was it? Like oh, yeah, days? that's right. That's right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Two days and, or something after I'm like, hi. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Uh, that part, I think, was a bit tricky. And what's fun? Oh, it's not funny. I mean, look, you have to learn to laugh at everything. So I've trained myself to say it's funny trying to trick myself, but you know, my partner doesn't have a visa yet. And we've applied about 15 months ago. Mm. You know, we've been married for eight and a half years and I'm like, is it really, is it that difficult? So that being said, you know, it's almost like I can't settle down until that happens because he's technically not supposed to be here. Right. Uh, so, you know, he comes in as a tourist and then has to leave. And so I think that was potentially a big piece of it. And then, you know, coming from a country where you have free health cover and it works. So all the people that are like, oh, no, you know, it's a socialist nightmare. It's just like, oh, God, get over it. Like, it works. You know, we pay the same amount of taxes here and potentially even a little bit more. But we get fuck all in return. Yeah. We really, really do. We get fucked up roads. We get nothing. Well, literally. Like I was here. So I've been over, I've been living abroad for eight years. Right. So when I came back, it just blew my mind to see, you know, the difference. And there's two countries aside from the U.S. I can't remember the other country, but we're the only ones that have to pay taxes still as a U.S. citizen when living overseas. And mm-hmm. so because I was here last year for six months and two days, I had to file taxes as a, a resident. And so my tax bill, yeah. I think I made like, I took home like 20 grand or something <laughs> crazy, you know, because hashtag startup life, hashtag, right. hashtag blessed, you know, <laughs> 20 so grand. Yeah, 20 grand. And that initially, had I not overstayed that amount by two days, would have been $400 tax bill turned into like 4,000. It's like, oh what? For what? what? <laughs> you know, so it just makes you a bit uncomfortable to be like, wow, it would have something happened. Like I haven't been back on the mats. I wanted to train jujitsu. There's a 10th planet, like a block away from me. And I haven't gone because, you know, what am I going to do if I get injured? Yeah. Hop on a plane and fly back to Australia to put a cast on my broken arms. Like, no thanks. So, <laughs> you know, and then like, Long yes, trip. <laughs> it is. But so between that and the other thing, really just being back home, it's like, God damn, do I need to get a gun? 
You know, it's a really odd feeling. You know, even with my husband, I'm like, you can't, you can't look at people like that. You can't honk your horn. You can't shout. (laughs) Like you can do that anywhere else in the world, but not here. I get so scared when they're like my husband, I believe driving somewhere or something and he gets pissed off and like tries to flick someone off. I'm like, don't do that. Like, (laughs) don't, I mean, my husband carries, you know, but like, we don't need people are crazy and like people, Mm -hmm. you know, get bent over like the dumbest stuff and a harmless, like flipping someone the bird could lead to like more. Yeah, totally. It's, it's wild. It's wild. But you know, the draw to being back home, 80% of our base is here really, but it's like, there's just so much work that needs to be done here, you know, in terms of intersectionality and making a stand for, all other women. And it's just, it's a good place to start. You know, obviously there's work all over the world that needs to be done, but, and it's hard to focus on that, you know, when you're trying to find $50 behind the couch to complete your $50,000 order, Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of like, I've had a bit of burnout because it's like, you have all these dreams and goals and plans and, you know, aspirations. But at the end of the day, after running a startup for four years without having cash flow, you just, you tend to burn out. And you just got to keep, you just got to keep, you just got to keep showing up. So there's that. So I yeah. hear that. Yeah. 100. Yeah. So you, you design and manufacture and prototype all your stuff, which is a long process. A lot of people think that we, like, we make our stuff, which we don't, we tried to in the beginning. And I think that's where it came from. And it was like, I just want you to see how ugly some of this stuff is. <laughs> first came out with it's ideas but we don't do that anymore and so like you know our turnaround at least is like kind of quick we can get smaller orders in but like you're manufacturing and I've seen from afar and like a little bit closer you know when something just doesn't work out or we don't know when we can get this or you know like I've gotten to experience that so like what is something you wish like people would understand about that whole business model I wish people would understand that things take time. And gosh, I really don't even know how to answer that. There's just, you can't please everybody, you know, and we've had so many, I want to say so many, because it sounds so drastic. There's probably been about 15 women since we've started this whole thing four years ago, who were super diehard about the brand. And then for whatever reason, had some kind of bad experience or misconception or you know, uh, think that we change or cause we do run a really small operation and yeah. we run a huge operation with a small amount of people and it's global and it's what we're doing. We should really have a team of at least six people, you know, at least, um, <laughs> you're like at least, at least. <laughs> and it's, there's three of us and, yeah. and, you know, between social media influencers, partnerships, website maintenance, even just responding to comments on the website, production. That's wild that you only have three. Like we have two and I know that we're like tapped and capped and I can't even imagine like the fact that you have three and like as big as you guys are like that's. Yeah. And we've got, you know, our two distribution partners and, but we're back to doing a distribution ourselves and it just, you know, in the early days, you know, we had a few more and, you know, unfortunately you take that. Well, one left. Well, they both left actually. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. It's very it's interesting. Again, that's the thing. A lot of times things just 
it's so easy to have miscommunications or misunderstandings or mm-hmm. people's needs change and so forth. You know, we didn't look at bringing on more because of the cash flow because that cash flow with retail and retail is such a difficult industry because you have to buy more product to sustain your growth. So it's Mm -hmm. like, and then you've got a 70 day turnaround. So there's like a 70 day period where there's just an exorbitant amount of money floating in fucking outer space, Yeah, yeah, you know? And so it's like, shit. I mean, I didn't have a car for three years. I'm like, you know, I got at least a car when I got back home because, you know, our public transportation here compared to Australia or Singapore, but you're just like, wow, am I going to be able to make my car payment, you know, or, and I think people from afar look, and it's really easy. And I've been guilty of it too. You know, I look at people, Chrissy McCagney, for example, I well, I've found myself and I told her, I straight told on myself, I was like, <laughs> look, bitch, I've looked at you from afar on many occasions and been like, Ugh, you know, like super annoying. Like, how do I, how do I get to that level? You know, like you see an insight into their operation and the car she's driving and her lovely relationship and business owner of like five different brands. Yeah. Fuck. I can't even get my website, you know, dialed in for my own shit. And it's just like (laughs) comparison is the thief of joy. And it's just human nature. Again, it all comes back to programming, but the reality is, is we don't know what the fuck is going on in real life. You know, and there's been a number of times I almost made a video. It was like yesterday, all my story, I, I was laughing about something. Some I was talking about my book and I like a face mask on. But what happened as soon as I stopped making that little story, you know, it was like 30 seconds. I was just sitting there and I'm like, God, I am super depressed right now because I had, again, just some personal relationships that have deteriorated. And I'm not entirely sure why. And I've been having a really difficult time of letting that go and not allowing it to affect me. So I stopped serving the rest of humanity and creating all these stories in my head. And I was just like, fuck it. What's the point? And I was literally to the point where I was like, gosh, I really want to drink. I'm not going to, but so it's so important to remind people. It's like, what you see is not reality by any stretch of the imagination. And so I think sometimes people forget that I'm a person, you know, like, yes, this is my dream and my vision and the mission and everything, but there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. You can't, you know, when it comes to like, and it's so easy to get distracted nowadays, right? People message me on Facebook messenger, you know, another company sent me some shit, herb strong, you know, like good on them. They're like, how much you want for a paid post? I'm like, fuck that. Just send me some shit. Like, look, mm-hmm. you know, young business owners supporting young business owners this is how we're going to get ahead. And something that they sent, it was like a, a vape cartridge. It's just like CBD products, right? But it didn't work. And I carried around that fucking vape pen for two hours to remind myself to be like, okay, I got to message them. And as soon as I'd get on Instagram to DM them, I'd have like, yeah, seven, eight different messages would pop up. And it's like, oh shit, I got to get her package. I got to get her measurements. I got to try and find a group of girls to lead the other group because it needs to be detached from the brand. And oh fuck, I need to rewrite the vision and the mission because this doesn't feel right. And oh, that I got to get onto that order and that Pantone color and that fucking, <laughs> I got to get that person a voucher. I got to pay this person. You know what I'm saying? And it goes on and on and on and on and on. And next thing I know, I'm sitting here with 25 notebooks around me and a bunch of crumpled up paper. And I want to cry because I haven't ticked anything off my list. Right. <laughs> so it's just like, I'm a person, you know, like, shit, I'm doing the best that I can. 
people that like, oh, the brand has changed. I'm like, no, the brand hasn't changed. I'm running out of time. Like, (laughs) you know, we can't sit here and comment on everybody's posts. Right. You know, we tried to use software earlier in the year to work on our engagement and stuff. And it ended up unfollowing a bunch of women in Australia. And boy, did that piss a lot of people off. Mm. I mean, severely, like they took it really personal. Kind of, I mean, it's easy to do. I've noticed, yeah. you know, when people unfollow me, I'm like, fucking go fuck yourself. <laughs> and it's just like, wow. You know, I consider myself to be pretty emotional aware or, you know, I've got <laughs> a decent level of emotional sobriety. And I'm like, it's so easy to be like, oh, my feelings yeah, are you, hurt. You take something like that kind of personally. Yeah, because you're- yeah. When people are like, oh, it's just social media. Or it's just Facebook. It's like, no, when you unfriend someone, like, yeah. that's a big deal. Like you're saying like, we're not friends anymore. And the, yeah. you know. And you really got to work on it too. So like, I've got like, I'm following like 3,500 people and I don't see a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they get on there and a lot of people I don't know. And then I'm like, oh shit. If I unfollow them, then they might be like, take it personal. And then I have to look at it from a commercial perspective and be like, well, am I going to upset them? Or am I going to mm-hmm. make them think that they're not worthy? You know, and it's like an inner battle of <laughs> it's hilarious really. But I just think about it and I'm like, wow, it's just, it's sad. It's really sad. And as a result, you know, we've had women that because of the brand, they've made like real life friendships that they're best friends forever. Yeah. You know, some people have even met the love of their life. And for whatever reason, for whatever actions I we do or don't take, then turns into a negative thing. And I'm like, well, <laughs> bye. You know, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you can only, yeah, so, only do what you can. I don't, there's friends it. of mine I don't follow on social media. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm on here for work. Like, I don't. Yeah, yeah. This is not like, well, See how your kids are doing. (laughs) Exactly. You know, or like maybe I'm trying to conceive and I can't. That's not the case. Trust me. Or I'm struggling with alcohol right now and you're posting a bunch of shit with beer. Or, you know, I'm going down the path of veganism again and you're out here fucking slitting, slicing up deer, you know? And so it's super easy to look at that stuff and get upset about it. But at the end of the day, it's just like, you know, we just got to stay focused on what it is that we're doing and why we're doing it and just do the next right thing. And right. If, if somebody takes it the wrong way or, cause I'll tell you this social media shit is, <laughs> you know, and you look at like the girl in Australia that my partner showed me a video. I was like, what? I didn't even know Australia and Instagram. They took away the likes. Oh yeah. They're starting to do that. They're starting to take away likes. So you can yeah. see your own, but you can't see other people. So you can't compare. Yeah. I like, think it's great. I think it's yeah. great, but it's also a bit shit. Cause yeah, there are plenty <laughs> of people who make their living that way. Right. But that being said, you know, and of course they're doing it so they get paid more money. But again, ultimately it's really about, you know, cause that shit is killing us as a society, uh, you know, and our self-esteem and why we do things. And I mean, it's been an ongoing conversation since I was running camp confidence, mm-hmm. you know, fuck five years ago, six years ago. So yeah, I know that was a really, really long winded answer to, <laughs> you know, the one thing I want people to understand about the apparel industry is just like, <laughs> you know, and I will say being a woman in business there have been times where I've been like, oh, maybe that's why we don't succeed is because we take shit too personal and we're too emotional. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. we might, but we 
get over it, and then we move on. You know, it's all a learning experience. And at the end of the day, there's always room for growth and opportunity and and so forth. And we do make great business owners. So we do. Anyway, I think, I mean, the emotional stuff too. I mean, that can go the other direction. We're super passionate. You could say mean things to me all day and I'm like, whatever. And then you say mean things about my business and I'm like, no. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's like, stab me in the heart, please. Why don't you? Because you just did. But talk shit all you want all day long to me or about me or, and I'm just like, whatever. I don't care what you think about me. But yeah. If my business upset or you're upset with my business or you don't like my business, that's my child. Why? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. My child. Yeah. <laughs> it's really sad and upsetting. This is like flown by, I feel like. I, feel like I know. I just looked at the time and I'm like, oh, <laughs> Jeez. So I feel like we could literally talk all day though. So <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's very evident. That's very evident. Shoot us a few more diehard questions. <laughs> die I feel hard. like you got it all in. Let's see here. I did want to talk about Girl Live real fast. Yeah. Because I think that, like you said, you know, you have people who met like best friends through Girl and that have, you know, relationships. And it just, I think for me, like as an attendee, it was so powerful just to see all of the different types of women in that room. And just the overall acceptance and like me, I'm an awkward person around other people, like in public. I'm just really, really, I'm not comfortable. I always feel like out of place. And at that event, like I initially felt like really uncomfortable and just like, I don't know if I belong here, if this is, you know, me or whatever. And we were going to lunch and you know, I'm just kind of like walking around, like trying to decide where I wanted to go. And like a group of girls were like, Hey, you want to come meet with us? And I literally did an entire turn, like my whole body turned around to see if there was someone behind me. Oh, that's <laughs> so cute. Because I was like, me? Oh, that's <laughs> so like, fucking yeah. cute. That makes me want to cry, dude. Like seriously. I, yeah. It was really sweet. Like they were just like, yeah, you like dummy, you know? And and they were like, yeah, come on. So I went and hung out with a bunch of chicks I didn't know. We yep. ate lunch and chatted like we all knew each other. And, and it was really awesome to just have that. You know, I think it says a lot about you and the brand and like, you know, what you're going for. Because I think that something, an interaction like that, you know, is, is what you would expect. Yeah. From you and from your brand. So, but yeah, I got to put, put that on the story. Like, that's really <laughs> cool. That does give me a lot of hope, you know, because like I said, there's, it's human nature to be told five things, four good, one bad. And mm-hmm. we're just going to remember that one bad thing. And the other four things were monumental, you know, ground shaking. Wow. And then that one little tiny, stupid, negative thing. And then yeah. you just would just sit and focus and obsess on it. And I know it's a good business decision to skip next year because it takes me nine months to plan and pull off that event. And it stresses me out so much. And from a financial point of view, you know, I still owe, I have a loan for 20 grand still from the very first year. Wow. And yeah, even this year, you know, I'm upside down about 11 grand. And so that being said, when I hear about a few people who did attend that event and then have become disenfranchised, right? I tend to focus on just those very few experiences and think, and then I become resentful yeah, and think like, Oh, screw you. You don't even, how inconsiderate to not even take 
into account, I'm just saying this is, you know, thoughts I would have. And then I process them and I'm like, right, nobody owes me anything. You know, I chose to do that event and so on and so forth. These are my choices. I'm a big girl, but you know, how inconsiderate to think like, oh, well, what actually went into the back end of planning this and, you know, what kind of negative consequences may it even have in my personal life, my marriage, you know, I don't handle stress very well. Like I take everything as such a serious matter in my world. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I said earlier. Like I have to say, oh, it's kind of funny. Like I have to retrain my brain. I even got, you know, certified to teach laughter yoga because I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I need, I need to laugh. Like I need to, it's not that serious. No one's right. going to die if I don't get this done. You know, and, and my attorney, who's become like a really good friend, she's like, look, bitch, we could sit on the floor and play Duck, Duck, Goose, and everyone's going to be super stoked. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay. But, you know, I, again, I've had a handful of people that, for whatever reason, came and then had some kind of issue. And I think like, well, fine, screw it. Or, you know, and so I think yeah. at the end of the day, my brain, it went the wrong direction. And I got resentful about it as opposed to focusing on all of the women who have now been connected and have in real life friendships, because that's the most important thing is having real connection. And that's what we're missing in our society today. It's like, Oh, we feel like we all have all these friends and shit. And it's like, no, we don't. Yeah. You know, I can't even fucking stand keeping on top of my text messages now. Cause I'm like, I can't fucking keep up. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> one day, you know, and I think to myself, I'm like, gosh, Courtney, text your mom. You know, your mom might, one day she's not going to be here and you're going to be like, damn, I I wish I would have done this or that. But we get so burnt out. I'm like, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got to answer these and I got to respond to that. And it's like, you actually don't, you know, it's not, it's not something we have to do. We set that on ourselves. We absolutely do. We absolutely do. And again, though, the reality is, is that the event is still a very, massive part of the brand and you know a camp confidence which was prior to girl clothing is a two-day two-night wellness retreat for teenage girls and they showed up they didn't want to talk to each other their phones didn't work they were freaking the fuck out by the end (laughs) of the weekend none of them self-harmed made themselves throw up they had eight new best friends and their life completely transformed and so i was like right we need to do that with women and that's essentially such a, a big part of the brand, but taking next year off is, is important because we really have got to get the clothing line really locked down. And I've lost focus of that because the reality is, is if we don't have the clothing line, then we don't really have a platform right. to do much else. You know, it's such a big, big part. And even if the clothing line went away and it was one sweatshirt, but because I don't, have the resources and and we have not brought on other investors for cash flow and capital and all these kinds of things running an event like that is not i got bills to pay yo yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. up down to inspire and change lives <laughs> we truly believe that if we don't we're fucked as a human race but at the end of the day from a commercial point of view we've got to you know make smart decisions and the other thing was is we've have a technology now to allow women to meet up in real life and find each other through GPS and stuff. It's really cool. And I, I almost rolled it out August 1st and I pulled back and I said, you know what? I'm not sure if that's the best thing for us right now, because yeah. again, there will be times when women have different MOs. You know, I've been in network marketing before I was an isogenics, right? Even though I had the best of intentions, 
I wanted to so badly fund Camp Confidence that way. I wanted to help other women get financially free, great products, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but every person I talked to was a quote unquote opportunity. And, you know, we become so blindsided. And I know there's so many women out there in that same boat that I'm like, geez, well, if people go out and they start connecting for the wrong reasons, right. and then it's attached to us, mm-hmm. yeah, then that's going to have a negative impact on the brand, you know, so there's a lot of things to take into consideration. And it's tricky at this precise moment. But again, what I find in these situations is just fuck slow down. You know, it'll figure itself out. And like I say, goals, not controls, let the universe give you an answer and not try and figure it out yourself. That phrase goals, not controls. Like I use that all the time now. Like when I am like wound and yeah. I'm like in my, you know, like the freaking over is not getting here fast enough. We're going to be late. And then I just have to be like, goals, not controls. Goals, not controls. <laughs> We're going to get there. Uh, totally. And that's, that's really so- <laughs> helped me. Like that's actually been something that it's like a mantra now. Like I use it and I'm like, thank you, Courtney. <laughs> oh, good. Good. You just reminded me. I just wrote myself a note to check on the URL. <laughs> I bought the URL a while back. I was like, Fuck this. You know, when we got girl, it was ten grand. Ten thousand dollars for girl.com. And I'm like, what? You're out of your mind. That's insane. Yeah. So there was another brand that we wanted to build. Oh, it was like a year and a half ago. We were considering looking at something down the track. And they wanted fuck, I kid you not, it was like one point two million dollars for the dumbest URL. And I was like, Oh, I'm done. I'm done. I've had it. I'm good. I'm good. So, but yeah, I was like, well, I better check on that because it's classic. It works. I tell you. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. I think as far as girl, I was concerned and like, just like we're saying, like, you can't please everybody. I went to a conference like the week after girl live and like, it was totally other end of the spectrum. It was a boutique industry conference. And even just like for seeing the growth from the year before, like they did an incredible job. And then yeah. people complaining. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, I cannot believe that. I mean, I'm sitting here in awe of how far they've come in a year and how the event has grown and how incredible it was. And there were people complaining. And it just showed me that... Just like they say, you know, like you can be the sweetest, ripest peach and there'll still be someone who doesn't like peaches. And it is just, no matter what you do, there are going to be people who love you for it. And then there are going to be people who have something to say. 100%. That's exactly what Janae Crockett said in a a video we did. It was like... (laughs) There, it doesn't matter what you do. You could be the sweetest person on the face of the earth and there will be someone trying to chop you down. So, mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, stay focused on why you're here and why you're doing it and just do the next right thing. That's it. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes some people catch you at the wrong, the wrong moment, the wrong day. I have said some things to people sometimes where I've just, it was not my best self. <laughs> And that's hashtag live my best self. Yeah, hashtag not my best self. And they take that as me, as who as I am, am as a person. And I can't change that because they caught me at the wrong time and maybe I wasn't proud of it. But you know, what can you do? You just have to be like, well, that's it. Hey, you know, as long as you learn people. Yeah, that's right. Know who you are and what you're about and that you have the best intentions and then that's what matters. Yep. 
But I'm excited right. to see it in 2021. Yeah, so excited to have you back. I'm just so grateful that you came out for the OG event and supported yeah. it. And, you know, again, like I said, I was a bit off my game on that day. But live and learn, you know, you live and learn and you, you go through it. And then you come out the other side, take inventory, look at what was good, what was bad, what do I want to do differently, as opposed to just be on autopilot and then, you know, create something else from that. So Exactly. Yeah. All right. So well, let's close on a quote. Okay. Let's do it. Either something that's working for you right now or just something that you live by or something that. The quote that I live by is, and this is a great way to close. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, either way you're right. And that's Henry Ford. And yeah, I need to find a quote by a woman, but that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're all just souls having a human experience. Wink, wink. But <laughs> Really, you know, beliefs control everything. And if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, you can't. End of story. It's that simple. And again, it's that matrix. You know, we're programmed to think otherwise. So when people say, you can do anything, sounds like a stupid Hallmark card. True. But it is. It actually, (laughs) actually is. So that's what's up. So thank you so much for having me. And super excited when this rolls out, I will let the world know. Thank you. Tell the people where they can find you or where they can find what you're working on or all of that. Oh boy. Uh, if you need to put an inch on your legs or an inch on your arms, <laughs> I've got, I've got some rad programs for that. Okay. No more trying to run and hide and be small. Fuck that. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, CourtneyOlson.com. And then of course our clothing is called athletic wear. I mean, you've got your clothing and stuff too, but what else? You've got fancy dress ups, things that, Not the same. you know, yeah. <laughs> There you go. But that's just girl.com. That's G triple R L. And that's what's up. Awesome. And we'll definitely have to have you back when you finish your book. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's going to blow the roof off this bitch. Believe that. Yay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank you, babe. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Kate. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe. And we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.